Hey, welcome back to the Infest Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 357. And I'm going to say the working title is, I don't know what it is yet. I haven't written it. So, um, yeah. Anyway, hey, sorry we missed last week. Life got in the way. We couldn't find time to meet for the podcast. We appreciate everybody who's sticking with us. And thank you. You are appreciated. Yeah, great show. All right, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be horrible? We 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 we'd, we'd lose our subscriber. Um. Anyway, uh, this week we are talking about rumors for the MCU Wonder Man. Um, more MCU mer- M- <laughs> words are hard. More MCU rumors about Black Panther um, merch, swag, whatever. Um, and then we've got Dragon Stuff Times 2 um, to make up for the last two episodes, the last episode that we missed, and then the current episode to get ready for this week's series finale or season finale because it got picked up for a second season yeah. already. Uh, anyway, before we get started, D, I've been playing a video game all week long. Like every day I've played it, and it's not FIFA. What is that? Hot Wheels. Oh, yeah. That was the... It's the game. It that it's the free game this month. month? Yeah. Right. Okay. It's amazing. Right. I love it. It's my... It's like... I'm obsessed with it. And... Uh, so I've gone back to the Call of Duty. Yeah. So I've just gone back to Call of Duty. I've been playing the campaign. Okay. I've, I finished the campaign of Modern Warfare from 2019. I never yeah. finished that. And as you can see, with all the Ky- Kyler Murray memes, the campaign... <laughs> For Modern Warfare Two came out on well, I mean, Thursday. You and you and Kyler, out. you know, you squad up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but I love it. You play the campaign right now, <laughs> Kyler. Why'd you leave halfway through the game? The new campaign just dropped. <laughs> um, I, I I will say the Matchbox Car Racing game is a ton of fun, um, and it like it has little blind boxes. Like you can buy them with like in-game currency that you earn. Like, and actually, you earn a lot of currency for what you do for like races and stuff like that. Um, especially when you have, um, what did he say? Um, because I just piss excellence and win championships, like Ricky Bobby. Because you know, if you're not first, you're last. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, oh, I got a blind box, and it was this like one of the rare cars, and it's. It's like an experimental like jet car type thing and it's so fast and I love it. It's 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 totally OP. It's like maxed out on everything. And you can't like, you know, the these kind of cars you can't do any upgrades to until you I guess hit a certain level or whatever, but it's just like um I had a close race with it the other last night and Haley's like, "What? There's a car. Like I can see a car when you're finishing. What's happening here?" <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, good times. Good, good times. Anyway, uh, so we're back. We're ready to go, and we're going to get into our first story. Um, so apparently, a rumor rumors abound. So um, all of this should be taken with uh, the finest pinch of salt that you can possibly have, um, a grain of sand even, uh, Marvel is seeking to cast Aquaman star Yahya Abdul-Mahin II as a race-swapped Wonder Man. So we were talking about this before we went on air. Yeah. It, it, again, this is one of those things, and one of the things that you said... To, you mentioned how, and you're not the first part. I think Eric Eric July has said something like this, but you've mentioned this before too. Is they're going to keep doing this until black actors say, you know what, give me a real black character, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll be down for the role. Be- but right now, these a lot of these actors and these Hollywood types, they think this is how to get to diversity. It's not. One is pandering. And two, as you said, it's uh, as you said before we started recording, this is tokenism. Yes, 100%. The, the fact that you, you, it's you can also, only. I'm oh, sorry, you, go ahead. 
was just to say, the thing is, you're you're only finding value in these white characters when if you go to these Marvel Universe compendiums, you can find plenty of black characters where you can bring to life, but they're not finding value in that. They're they're thinking, well, who's gonna who? Mm-hmm. And, and again, if you if you trap these people and nail them to the wall and say, why are you not doing these black characters that are here? Well, nobody knows of them, right? So basically, you're proving the point that the only way you think to get diversity is use white characters and then just do the the race swap. Is right. that, that's what they're basically saying. So it, the other thing is is Yahya Abdul Mahin Mateen the second obviously has no integrity to turn around and be like, you know what? No, I wouldn't appreciate if someone did this to a black character. Why am I going to do it to a white character? And yeah, I'm going to start calling all of these people out for this shit from now on because it is a complete lack of, it's just a complete hypocrisy, lack of integrity. And essentially, you know, and we understand as Hollywood, they're all whores. They're whores. They'll do whatever they can for money. Mm-hmm. Like if I were this dude, because he kind of I- looks like Isom, I mean like, Looking up for looking for shit like that, like looking for characters that like yeah. are written by black creators and and like because he's a big name. He was great in Aquaman. He was great in Aquaman. I was about to say I I and, like him as an actor. Yeah, and what else? He I, was I really in something do. else I, I, really good too um, that I really liked him in. Uh, uh, oh, Watchmen. He was, he was great in, in Watchmen. He's in Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. he's in Watchmen. Yeah. He's in Candyman. Yeah, I never he, saw Candyman, but I liked him in, in the Watchmen. Yeah, show as well. Um. Now, I, w- I will say he was not great as gay young Morpheus in The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, but no, not many people were great in that movie. There was nothing good about that movie. So, you know, like, no, he's there, not doing there. Um, yeah. He was also Zendaya's brother in um, British Showman. So, oh, I've, I haven't but, seen that one yeah. yet. Dude, you haven't seen The Greatest Showman yet? What's wrong with you? No. It's huge. But it's, yeah, it, it's, again, it's the modern day. Um, what's his name? Not Cary Grant. He's a modern day song and dance Hugh man. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. He's a he's a yeah. he's a yeah. three tool player. He can act, sing, and dance. I mean, like, what more can you ask yeah. for of these people? Oh, he's an ambulance. I think that's on Hulu or on um, who? It's yeah, he on, is. I forgot. Yeah, he it's was either on that. Hulu. He, actually, or I thought he was really good. Peacock at right now, like, yeah. Yes, but. Yeah, we yeah. went to actually go see that in a matinee, and and it, it is as Michael Bay of, of a movie as you will ever yeah. get. I really want to. I really want to see that. But here, here's what I'm saying: is I like this dude as an actor, right? Um, I don't know who he right. is as a person, and to be honest, I don't give a shit. Um, what I see from 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 when 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 these people do this is you just lack integrity because you're gonna because if, if you're gonna turn around and be like, well, you know. Uh, I can't even think of a time where, like, recently. I mean, I, I know it's happened a ton where they've recast black characters as white characters, but um, you know, it's it's just ridiculous. Here's the thing that bothers me: is they're giving De- uh, Destin Daniel Creighton, uh, and uh, well, he was the director slash writer De- uh, of Shang Chi. They're gonna let him write Wonder mm-hmm. Wonder Man. Shang Chi lost money. Uh, Shang Chi, Shang Chi, Black uh, Black Widow, and whatever the other one that came out right after that. Oh, The Eternals, right? That is the darkest time in yeah. MCU history because not one of those movies made money. <laughs> yes, it is. Not one it of absolutely them. Absolutely, like 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 the the abomination, no pun intended, that is is um, she bore bore at law is still not as dark a time as Black Widow. Shang-Chi in the Eternals. Yeah, it's, and again, I I will qualify what I'm saying. Like, I know you said, calling these people out, yeah. It really depends on how they come across in the sense of so much, so often we get this with, oh, this person did this, or I was actually thinking of, the house of the dragon we'll talk about that a little bit more but these people come out and talk about the whole diversity thing and how important representation is that's when i will get on them if they're and and again i did like what a few years ago what um our boy um i'm 
creeping on his name for uh but uh Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. When he said Oh yeah, when he's he like, was on Oprah, I think. Yeah, he's he, like he said I, I he'd play Val he would he'd rather play Valzad. Wait. Yes. Yes. And and again, you can say and and you're not wrong where you say like look, Valzad is basically just a race swap Superman. But he, he is in a way, but he's but his it's own a multiverse. Yeah, and he's he has his own to... character. It's not he's not Clark Kent, yeah. he's completely different. Um, right. real quick, Michael B. Jordan is finally getting his clubber leg. Yes, Jonathan Majors, who is another actor he, I really like. He got he got his uh Jack. He got his Ivan Drago. Now he's getting his clubber Lang. Yeah. He had his original Rocky, like with the you know, he just didn't have the turtles, but that's okay. Um <laughs> I can't wait for I can't wait for Creed Three. I think the 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 two minute trailer we saw looks amazing. And it's Michael B. Jordan's Dude, directorial that, that. debut. Um, but this is what I'm talking about. Oh, I didn't about. realize. This is what I'm talking about. This is a, I'm actually really glad you brought Michael B. Jordan up because Creed 2, Creed, Creed 2, Creed 3, Creed is a, is a, is a great black legacy character, right? Uh, Apollo Creed is, mm -hmm. is fucking amazing. If they would have given him even a half black, you know, son, that would have been egregious, right? It really would right. have. And, you know, Donnie... Adonis Creed, you know, Donnie is, I love that character. I love him so much. I like part of it is cause I'm a, I'm a Michael B. Jordan Stan, but at the same time, like, you know, you know what? No, this is, this is not right either because Michael B. Jordan should have said no to playing, um, a black Johnny storm. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, that's he, true. But I, like, I think he learned his lesson about in fan four stick. Black Johnny storm. What's fantastic? It's the um, third to fifth worst like comic book movie of all time. I, I think I might have blacked out. I don't. I don't remember that movie. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, so here's the thing though: Wonder Man, <laughs> right? Wonder Man was introduced in uh, Avengers Volume One, Number Nine, in 1964. He was uh, like kind of a, a Tony Stark as character. His family had a. Uh, a weapons manufacturing company, uh, Williams Innovations, uh, and he wasn't able to keep his his company afloat. Right, he he kind of ran it into the ground. But you know, like what he did was he tried to embezzle as much as he could and went to jail. And then he works with uh, Baron Zemo to get power to to go after Iron Man. Why the fuck are you introducing this character now when there's no Iron Man in the MCU? And I guarantee you they will not let a black actor take over this role and have him be a criminal to start. Guaranteed. No, they're not. So They're not. They, uh, and that is actually a very interesting story yep. to start, too. Yeah. And again, like a lot of these original characters in the comic books, they have some very interesting backstories that – you hardly ever get with the adaptations. Right. And we're definitely not going to get this because this no. is, this would be very interesting and watching this guy. And again, Zemo directs him as his weapon to, against Tony Stark. Right. And it, you know, again, he finally does come back over to the, you know, the, the white hat side, but you're not going to get that with this. Right. In the one, first, the like first said, half of there is his no origin Stark. story they gave to uh, Mysterio and no way home. Yeah. So, yeah, with without a Tony Stark, you can't do that. And right. also the fact that they're race swapping, there is no way in hell. There is absolutely no way they would do. Even if Stark was yeah. still in the MCU, there is no way we would get this origin story with him going to jail. And you know, they, we wouldn't get it. We just wouldn't. Right. Because these people are cowards. They, they don't know. They, everything is is always about race. And we can't make this person look bad because reasons because mm -hmm. the message because whatever so again it, it has nothing to do with the actor and this is the thing people don't get uh, some people don't get we both of us just said it we really like this guy as an yep. actor 100%. i don't like him and, and i i think he would be a great isom he would yeah. absolutely be a great isom because he he has that that seriousness about him that that chip on his shoulder that you know that look like again, from what we saw in Isom number one, Isom is a guy who he has that small, yeah, he has that small fuse in the sense of if he feels like he's being disrespected, yeah, even if even though he calls it out as like, dude, this could get me in trouble, right? 
being this quick to get pissed off. I, yeah, yeah, would be a great ISO. He would absolutely be 100%. a fantastic ISO. I think he would. Um, you know, I, I think if they were going to do like a live action um, Black Lightning, like I think he'd be really good at that for the movie. You know, not that Cree Williams was was oh, bad. Yeah. He was just saddled with a horrible script where, you know, he was cucked to his oh, daughters. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I, yeah. you know, at, at the at the end of the day. Right. Um, and, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about this is not the last thing. I mean, we're going to talk about this again at some point, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, it's just it's 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 just ridiculous. Right. It's. Like you, like you, like you quoted Eric July before, like they, they, they don't look at characters as serious unless they were a white character first. And whenever yep. you do these massive race swaps, it does not turn out well. I haven't seen black Adam and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to watch it until it hits HBO max. Um, if HBO max is still a thing by then, if whatever it is. I don't necessarily like the fact that they made Aldous Hodge Carter Hall. Yes. Now, there are a whole bunch of different versions of Hawkman throughout history. So if they're saying, hey, this is just a multiverse version of him, okay. I still don't like it, but like, okay. But again, again. I like Aldous Hodge. I thought, I, I really thought Aldous Hodge after um, The Invisible Man was going to get a whole bunch mm -hmm. of really serious work. Yeah. I mean, he, he, was, he was great. He was I great. really liked his yeah. character in Leverage. Yeah. Oh, I guess, yeah. My first experience with him, I, I know you're talking about Voodoo. Voodoo yeah, uh, Ray Voodoo Tate. Tate. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't see that. I right. saw him first in, uh, I think, season the last couple of episodes of season two of Supernatural. Right. Yeah. So that was my first. And, and again, we liked this guy. Here's like the other thing, too. An actor. Either one of them would be a great Black Panther. Yes. And I'm going to use that yeah. as a segue. <laughs> yes. So, because. Um, so you found this one. Um, it's another rumor. So we're, 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 we're dealing in rumor until we get to Dragon stuff. Um, Marvel scaling back Black Panther Wakanda Forever merch plans out of concerns that the sequel's lack of T'Challa may alienate Black male audiences when has disney given an actual fuck about male audiences in general right now they haven't right they absolutely have not they used to when everything when these movies were written for everyone um not re the, the virtue signal of not recasting t'challa is going to come to bite them in the ass so, 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 so hard. John David Washington exists. He's a fantastic <laughs> actor. Um, I, I, I would argue he's an even better actor than Chadwick Boseman, and I'm not bashing Chadwick Boseman because I've liked Chadwick Boseman in, in pretty much everything I've seen him in. Um, mm -hmm. But you cannot have a movie called Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, or just truncating it to Wakanda Forever, Without T'Challa, here's the sad thing: is the toys that are on the shelves are Killmonger, mm -hmm. and Killmonger is not in this movie. Nope. It, I, Disney has lost the plot. Kevin Feige needs to go away. Um, much like Taika with TD out, out like used up all of his creativity with Jojo Rabbit. Kevin Kevin Feige's masterstroke ended with Infinity War. How often do you see we we see this? Yeah, you know, we're both sports guys, so yeah. this is something that. And, and I know a lot of listeners watch sports too. How many times were whether it be a coach or a player, they're in a in a situation where it's like it's just not working out, right? I mean, this and is they Joe get Namath let go, they get traded. Rams. Yeah, they get traded. They go somewhere else. And it's like they're a different person or they get that that what happens in football a lot of times, for example, or, or just as a manager, if you're a manager for a long time or a coach, sometimes 
it comes to the point where your message is lost and mm-hmm. team just kind of tunes you out a little bit and yep. you just need a new set of guys. You just need to go somewhere else. Right. The same yeah. thing I could be said for Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige did a great job getting the MCU started with, jo- you know, with that, yeah. you know, John, with Favreau John Favreau and what he did. Mm-hmm. There's no question, no question. But since Infinity War, yeah, you can call it, say Endgame. No, was, no, no. Yeah, because Endgame, well, Endgame, you know, Endgame was the beginning of the end because they had that that yeah, that I'm just, A-Force. I'll just call it the A-Force, like, pose down, yeah. right? Which made well, zero sense. Yeah. And then you had Spider-Man, which is Sony. That's a to- totally different thing. But since Infinity War, that's where everything's started and he's looking at instead of saying hey why don't we keep doing what we're doing mm-hmm. keep doing what we're doing yeah instead of virtue signaling and saying hey diversity this diversity yep. that and women this that when you had strong women in the mcu way before you start talking about it mm-hmm. you had good black characters before you start talking about it yep. but once the sec the second you said we're gonna put this out ahead of telling good stories that's when you lost the plot and that's when you lost all of that goodwill that you built up over those 10 years. Mm-hmm. But with the MCU now, I have no, tr- I have zero trust in them. Right. No right. trust. None whatsoever. To, to quote Tony Stark in Endgame, zero trust. Mm-hmm. Liar. Yep. That's what I think about them now. And I, yeah, you're right. He needs to move on. Yeah. He just needs to, he needs the problem to hang is, it up. He needs to go. And, and he, but the, the big thing is not that he needs to move on, but the person that comes into that role has to understand and has to be dedicated to telling good stories Honestly, and not checking boxes. They need to put the MCU on ice for like six years. They're not going to do that. No, I, I know I they're like not going to do that, but that's what they need to do. They, they, they need to stop. See, this is the Disney problem. This is the Disney issue because before we get one or two Marvel movies a year, then we started getting a Marvel movie every quarter. Right. So, yes. um, but he, like, I love this quote as to why Marvel was expressing such caution with Wakanda Forever's merchandising. Valiant Renegade turned to supposed focus group findings and explained that the company fears stemmed from the fact that Black Panther is not a property or a mantle, but rather a very specific character, which is false, um, <laughs> whose appeal is very male even more than usual. It seems especially true with black men. He highlighted clarifying that a more uh, intricate focus study would be needed to confirm this observation as fact. Black Panther as a character flies in the face of everything that Disney is trying to do to black male characters. Mm-hmm. Because they can't yeah. feminize black Panther. They can't feminize T'Challa. They can't throw him out there with painted fingernails and lips. Billy Porter. And, you know, and just replace like every, you know, this is, this is a character that they cannot take and do that to, which is why I think they look at that next. Yeah. Read that next paragraph. Black men have the strongest relationship with the character with an interesting, strong pop on the father son dynamic. Mm -hmm. Black men identify with the black king, strong male figure, word association, noble strength, how the character holds himself. They admire that in a hero, inspiring to them. That's how it should be. That is absolutely how it right. should be. And it says here, and to this like end, the insider. Yeah. And to this end, the insider detailed that the above carries over to fathers and sons as seeing the movie as a great bonding experience for many black men and sons. Our culture needs more of that, not just black men. And their sons, men and their sons, one hundred percent. And because they can't do this, and because they're so female and mom and idiot male centric, and T'Challa flies in the face of all of that, we get stuck with a tokenized version of Black Panther that's going to be a woman. Yes. And again, this is coming from people who I I thought Black Panther the original. As much as I love Bozeman's role, how he played Black Panther, the movie itself was very overrated to me. Oh, it's the it's in the but, bottom it's in the bottom bottom fifth of or you know it. But how I, many? What are what? we? Thirty movies it. in. Yeah, yeah, it's in the bottom. It's it's in the, it's it's one of the six worst MCU movies. Yeah, I've been and rewatching Spartacus. 
the 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 fans in the Coliseum stands are better mm-hmm. CG on fucking stars yeah. ten years ago than what we got in Black Panther. Yeah. So let me I, I, let me finish with. Oh, this. sorry. Yeah. If Chadwick Boseman was still alive and he was in this movie, as much as I am, I have zero faith in the MCU at this point, if everything else played out the same and he, but he somehow was alive and played black Panther in this movie, I would probably go see it. If David, uh, John David Washington was recast mm-hmm. as black Panther, I would probably go see it. Almost definitely goes. I'd probably go see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have zero interest in going to see this movie. I don't have a None. ton of, I don't have a ton of faith in Ryan Coogler anymore. Um, you know, I, I think that, he might have been pushed too too far too fast and you know because like here's the other thing is this movie made the first movie made a billion dollars captain marvel made a billion dollars you don't see them bringing back that ridiculous directing duo that directed captain marvel for the marvels Mm -hmm. right like the, right, yeah. the 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 direct the creative crew that had the best take on T'Challa was the Russos. Yes, yes T'Challa, the T'Challa in Civil War is the best version we've ever gotten of that character. Yes, no, that's not a that's not even a question to me. So, not even a question. You know, um, you know, he wasn't in Endgame long enough to like really care. Like I mean, for all of the people who yeah. were who were snap who were victims of the snapping, yeah, they, there was um, nothing. We didn't the, get much. There wasn't enough to care about yeah. them, like other than what they did with with Peter and, and Tony, right? Um, mm-hmm. but but I mean, that was it. That was that was <laughs> great. All right, fun. Let's move on. <laughs> like the 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 MCU has has outlived its usefulness. Yes. And the fact that they're going to introduce Ironheart in this nonsense. I don't know. My favorite, my favorite thing is uh, Tanakh Huerta playing Namor said he's going to be a a kind and and understanding person. And it's like, um, what? Um, he's unwieldy. He's a force of nature. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, clown show. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. I, I, that, that's it, clown show. But let's get into something that's good. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's talk about something that that is good. You're absolutely right. <laughs> let's talk about dragon stuff. All right. Yeah. So we have two episodes to talk about. We're going to first do episode eight and then we're going to go into episode nine. So episode eight, season one, The Lord of the Tides, directed by Greta Van Sant Patel and written by Eileen Shim, uh, came out on October, all the way back on October 9th, people. We are, we are so far behind. I apologize. Um, Yeah. And this is uh, six years after. Episode eight, um, Driftmark, when uh, when Lenor uh, faked his death and 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 moved on uh, to <laughs> to just kind of get out of all of this, <laughs> out of the mess he and Renera yeah. uh, created, um, and so you've got um, the Lord of Driftmark, uh, Corliss Valerion, has been severely wounded. Fighting in the Stepstones, which seems to be like his favorite pastime. Just fighting with people in the Stepstones. Not getting gravely wounded. <laughs> yeah. Um, but his his brother, Sir Vaymond, God, these names. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm curious as to what kind of fever dream Gurm had thinking of these names. Um, is petitioning at King's Landing to have himself named Corliss's heir. Um, where he proclaims Rhaenyra's sons are bastards. Yes. That was quite the scene. Yeah, th- this... 
episode was I, I I think it started off a little bit with like one of those things. Well, and one it's just weird that we, yeah we we get that Corliss is injured and he's back. I think wasn't he black and Driftmark? Or yeah. is he still out to sea or whatever? No, he it's wasn't. Just, it, I don't think I, I, he was back yet. So okay, but I mean, because I was been... going to say it's kind of curious that we we never got a scene with Renice and him, whether he's almost dying or not. But if well, he's not yeah. back, I, I just don't remember that whole conversation at the beginning of that episode where the guy's telling yeah. her what happened. Like I just don't rem- I don't remember where he is. Yeah. You know, if we don't see but, him again, that'll make me sad just because I like the actor. Um, but at the same time, if we don't see him again, it kind of helps play into all the chaos that's going on in the realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this the episode eight, Lord of the Tides, was it was a good episode, but I I have to say, Patty Considine's. His two scenes in this episode, oh, made the, it for me almost great. The bookends, just for that, just were alone. his yes. two, the, his two big, his two big scenes, that were the bookends of yeah. finding him with Renera, where he is just ghastly looking, just like wow. Um, you know, when they try to introduce him to his grandson from Damon and and Renera. Mm-hmm. Um, and the baby starts crying. It's like, dude, I kind of, I'm right there with you, pal. Um, yeah, I get that. But um, I, I feel you, yo. But <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, but that death. Oh man, talk about a good death scene. Like a good death scene is hard yeah, well, to do. Like the, my, yeah, I think well, the best death scene. Hold on, real quick. The best death scene in all of TV and movies is Pee Wee Herman and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But. Um, but this was right up there with it. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hot so takes, it, man. It, hot it's takes. Not just yeah, it's not just his bookends, but it's the two scenes in between where sure, like the scene where you're talking where everyone's at court and Renera is trying to make her claim, even mm-hmm. though she knows what's going to happen. Right. And then he she gets interrupted, but everybody turns around and you see this like shell of a man. <laughs> somehow finding the strength mm. to walk that whole, you know, walk down that aisle and, you know, back his daughter. And even on top, I mean, that gave me goosebumps, but right. I think even more powerful, more powerful was his conversation at the dinner table with everyone. And the, just the raw emotion where he's like, why do we keep getting to this place? We're supposed to be family. And he said, you know, do if, if not for yourselves, do this for me, your husband, your, you know, your father, your grandsire. And just the break in emotion when he says that, when he's talking about how we, how we keep fight, how they keep fighting amongst each other was, um, it was such a, such a well, yeah, just a brilliantly crafted, directed, written and acted scene. I, that in of itself, like propelled this episode of up, up a few notches just from his performance yeah yeah i can see that and i agree i i do agree um you know i i just think i don't know i just think that that scene was so super powerful mm-hmm. yeah it, i mean he was just incredible just in the whole episode and, and you're right like the death scene it was as well was was every bit as it, like he was this was just one of those master classes from start to finish his performance mm-hmm. don't get me wrong like I, I, you know again i thought the episode was good in and of itself but he absolutely elevated it and that's what a good actor does right a good actor takes something and they elevate it whether it be good, good or bad they can make it a bad thing decent or good and they can make a good thing great mm-hmm. and he absolutely made this good episode like, because what I remember from this episode, yes, I obviously remember what happened to Vaymond, but I remember those moments with Patty Considine as Viserys more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. I mean, it's you know, it's sad. Like the show is going to be weird without him now. Um, and the thing mm-hmm. is, is so it's like you know, with the Ned Stark death, right? That was sudden and 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 abrupt. 
right? It's like, oh my God, we just lost like the male lead character on the show. We lost, no, we literally lost the number one person on the call sheet. And here yes. with him, we knew this was going to happen. And here we are. Yeah. So date once again, losing the number one character on the call sheet. Yeah. So it was, it was like, I, I, I'm, I, I, I like Patty Constantine. I've I've loved him since the Cornetto trilogy stuff with, you know, Shaun of the the Shaun of the Dead movies, and um, I love him as one of the one of the Andes and Hot Fuzz. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just right there. Uh, yeah, I I thought that, um, you know, Renera um, offering. Am I getting this mixed up? Um, yeah, no, Renera offering to take her family home and then come back by dragon by dragon back and everything to, you know, before he dies so she can say goodbye alone um, was a really powerful scene between her and Alicent. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, learning about more about the kind of the little birds within in, within the Red Keep um, with Alicent's lady-in-waiting Um providing information was, was really good as well. And Patty, Patty, uh, Viserys, um, thinking he's talking to Rhaenyra and, and talking about how he believes she's the prince that was promised. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's not, not Aegon. Um, and, and he's not talking about his grandson, Aegon. He's just talking about, it's not Aegon the Conqueror. He was wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and Allison kind of taking what she wants from that because she has no context to the prophecy. And it's funny enough because we get to the next episode and Aegon himself. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's. Yeah. Well, do you want to, do you want to finish up? So let's finish up here first and then we'll get to what, what Aegon did. Um, But, uh, but yeah, well, let's just do this out of five conversations with the wrong relative. What do you give this one? I give this a 4.25. It, like and again, a, a good bunch of like, it get, gets bumped up just solely because I thought it was a good episode. I, I I was teetering between three seven five and four, but Patty Considine's performance put it up a couple notches. So that's why I, that's where that four point two five comes in. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I went with just a solid four for this one. I I felt like it was a solid setup episode for what's to come. Um. And, and just because, like, looking ahead, like, so the next, the episode nine was called The Green Council, and episode 10 is called The Black Queen. Um, so I kind of knew, I, I, I kind of have an idea where it's going to go and what, how the season's going to end. Um, I will say, before we get to episode nine, I, I think they made a huge mistake doing the time jumps the way they've done in this season. Absolutely. Yes. Um, there's so much context that needs to be filled in uh, that like I liked it at the beginning of the season. Cause like, Oh, this is cool. They're like, <clears throat> they're showing these things, but that's when I'm like thinking it's going to be a, a one or two at most three season show. And then you have Germ coming out saying it's going to be a four season series. And it's like, how you, you guys have replaced the children four times throughout the course of 10 episodes you replaced yeah. your your you, your two very likable lead female characters with two middling to fair female characters right i mean you, that, you, you think about end. i mean yeah. just think about think about the the end of episode 5 when uh Allison walks in in that green dress, right? Like that was the moment that we were going to get to see Allison start becoming this very devious character that she has turned out to be. Um, and and, and mm-hmm. the thing is, and I'm not calling her evil. She's just devious because she's trying to manipulate things for her children. And I'll get to that more in, when we talk about the next episode. Um, and you have Renera coming to grips with the fact that she trusts her father to do the right thing. Yeah. And then 
we lose we we lose the 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 ten years of story that that we have to to see how we get to Renera is having um, Harwin Strong's children. I, like I, I don't I don't I don't I don't know if they thought hey like episode eight or episode season eight was really bad and we lost a lot of fans maybe we just need to do what we can to tell the story that we want to tell and they didn't expect it to be as popular as it is yeah I, I just it's almost like they wanted to rush to get to this point yeah and sometimes that happens in storytelling when you get so excited for kind of that payoff mm-hmm. that you rush through the setup yeah and again the setup is every bit as important and oftentimes more important than the payoff because you the payoff is not as powerful if your setup is rushed or if your setup just is not as well contrived as you think it should or you think it is and that's where it, this comes in. They, it's season one should have been the original cast, the the original Renera, the original Allison. There mm-hmm. should not have been a jump, ten year jump within what in after five episodes. Right. I think that that is a huge mistake. Right. And it hamstrings you from the storytelling what you're trying to do. From the standpoint of we we understand I've yeah I've done some reading I've read even before the show as far as some of the fire and blood stuff and where we are now you're going to be stretching it if you're going to try to do two more ten episode seasons yeah. and again this it's, this does depend where this next where tomorrow because we're recording this on Saturday so right. where the finale tomorrow ends up. And considering the episode title, yeah, it's going to be tough getting three three seasons out of this. Getting four seasons now, you're in the Hobbit territory where you're just bringing stuff that don't doesn't match up just to pad your runtime. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's like you know, all of these movies that are a half hour too long. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> you, you like that. Which again, a lot of times I do agree, even though if it's I might think fifteen. But yeah, movies <laughs> where it's like, okay, we need to cut, we need to cut out some of this yeah. superfluous stuff and get a little bit tighter. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's more more often than not, movies could cut out a good amount of time. But again, I'd rather this is one of those where it just feels like they're rushing to get to the payoff of the Dance with Dragons right. instead of building towards it they're just saying hey we just want to get to this real quick so yeah yeah so all right well cool um let's move on to the next one then uh so the green council episode nine uh written by sarah hess and directed by claire kleiner uh so viserys is dead uh here we are in the uh small council chamber chamber having their meeting and we learn that they have uh they've been they've been actually uh planning all along for what to do when this happens and um yeah just kind of kind of crazy yeah there again plans within plans and I mean, you have a couple of interesting characters. One of the characters, I, and, and again, this is the thing where I, I think you said this about Germ and he having one style of mm-hmm. different. Yeah, you know, he, he only knows He's how a to one do one home. thing. Yeah, yeah. And this Laris character is so Laris Strong is, which this episode is. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that guy. Yeah, but he is. Trying Germ or Germ, he is a poor man's version of Littlefinger. Well, he's a mixture of Littlefinger and Varys. Littlefinger and and Varys, yeah, yeah. you're right, especially so, with the, the the birds and everything. But and he's like, yeah, Which, it's just he is he's the homeless man's version of both of those characters combined into one. 
piece of flea bottom gutter trash. Yes. <laughs> and he has his own, kind of like a Bond villain. You know, Bond yep. villains are always disfigured in some way. Yeah. He has his own, you know, he has the club foot where, yeah. you know, Ferris was, you know, mutilated as a kid yeah. where uh, Littlefinger was, you know, just. Well, he was mutilated too. Not a strong guy. He remember he yeah. was he was scarred from uh, stem to stern. Yeah, from uh, yeah. So it, it just fall it falls in that same category. And I look, I understand why you need you want a character like that, but to have just the similarities are just a little too much for me. And maybe that's why, even though I think this guy's performance is is fine, him as a character just seems so derivative and although what we see his uh his proclivities uh that was that was a new one yeah i, I would say yeah right <laughs> but as far as yeah but as far as this episode with yeah you, know, you have the death you, you find out that you that otto and the others other than the maester the grand maester which i don't remember his name uh he like you have all these these got these people you know, plotting for this to happen, like when this happens to, to take the throne right. from Renera. Right. And, but, uh, and, and with, with that, you know, Allison is like blindsided by this. And like, you don't know your father. You think your father wouldn't have done something like this, especially after the talk he had with you before he was, yeah, after he was, you know, this, you know, removed as being the hand. Right. So in that regard, this episode was, and again, this was the penultimate episode. I thought, and there, and it does have the penultimate episode type of it shock does. and all. Yeah, I would, say, I would say. Well, we get that scene at the end. Yeah, but you have you know, all of these machinations going on, and they're them saying, "Hey, tell some of these lords and ladies, are you going to pledge allegiance to mm -hmm. Aegon?" Because, based on what Allison said. Excuse me. Uh, Viserys changed his mind at the last moment, which, and then Aegon is MIA. Yeah, right. No, no idea where this guy is. <laughs> and you you have two interesting, you know, you have the two twins, Eric and Eric. Right. Some, again, ridiculous names. As well as you have probably one of my least, probably my least favorite character in this show right now, Sir Kristen Cole. I yeah. I can't wait to him till he gets. It. He needs to be beheaded. I, I can't for stand sure. that. Yeah. And, and again, we talk about there are not a lot of characters to root for in this show. No. One character who who's an ass that I really like is Amond. Yeah. The the actor who plays Amond. Not only does he look a lot very similar, he looks a lot like Damon, and maybe that's what that, that kind of rubs he, off. He looks I do far like, too much like Matt Smith. <laughs> like. Like, yeah. yeah, like, it's like, are you related in real life? Like, what is happening here? <laughs> like, they have that same weird but, little, like, curled lip, you know, thing. Yes. And, and they both have very punchable do. faces. That, that is true as well. But I, I was thinking about that after this episode where it's like, we don't have, there's not, you, you know, I, the original Renera, I had gotten to the point where I actually, despite her being a brat at times, I liked her as a character. This current Renera, mm -hmm. and again, it's some of it. It's not necessarily she's a bad actress. It's just the material what they're giving her. I, I'm not a fan of. I right. don't like Allison. You know, I did like Viserys. He's gone. But da and Damon, yeah, I just love Damon's leaning and just you just never know what Damon's gonna yeah. do. I like that, and I and I, like I said, I really like I really like Aemon, this Aemon character, even though we know he's gonna be on the side. Well, again, it's not it's not not good and bad in this. Right. It's just. Yeah, who, who everybody wants the power, but I just really like that character and really like what I, I should know this actor's name, uh, but I really like what he has given us so far as Amon. Yes, um, I agree. He because like he's kind of like he's kind of evil, but he's he's not evil at the same time. Um, it's yeah, it's just it's really kind of interesting with that with that character he's played by ewan mitchell um yeah. there's a charisma about him yeah yeah um when he's what oh i was gonna say like he he even without the the hair he looks like matt smith it's crazy 
He, does, um, he really does. Oh, he's in the Last Kingdom. Um, wait a minute. Who did he play in that? Uh, Hold on. Is that he plays Osfirth? I I I just realized that. Okay. So, um, anyway, it's uh. Yeah, so I agree with you. He he's not a character I root for though, but he's a character I like when he shows up on screen. Yes, um, that, that's 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 a, actually a better way to and, put it. And when I, he and and Christian Cole are are going through Flea Bottom looking for, um, Aegon, it's uh it it was that was a really good scene, um, and it it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and and again, Aegon's another character I just do not like, but he actually had the most logical reply to Alicent saying that Viserys changed his mind. Yeah, where he's like, at the last second, he had all his life to do this, and <laughs> right. you mean the last second? Me, who's a lech, who is you know, abuses women. Me, who he doesn't like. Who I can't fight. Who I can't do anything. Right. And I'm, you mean he's he's saying I should be king, right? And if you break it down logically, it makes no sense. None. Like he, he is absolutely right when he said that. And and herein lies the issue with the Game of Thrones universe. The biggest villains, and I'm not even going to apologize for saying this, is moms, the mothers of worthless sons in this fucking universe are responsible. For all of the bad shit that happens. No, I remember you saying that a while ago. I said it during Game of Thrones. If, if it hadn't yeah, been did. for... If it, I mean. Catelyn Stark and Cersei Lannister had a pissing contest that brought the realm to its knees. 100%. And here we are with Alicent Hightower and Rhaenyra Targaryen having a pissing contest that will bring the realm to its knees. Now they're entering the dance of dragons. The, 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 you know, Valerian family's civil war. This is the only way I see them able to get like, they have to do an entire 10 episode season in the span of like six days. Oh, okay. Yeah. With the dragons. Because um, when, when Eric, or Eric, however you, whatever, uh, one of the twins, the one who didn't fight, uh, he goes and he, well, uh, Rhaenyra, right? Is that how you, how do you say her name? Not Rhaenyra, it's the other one. Renice. Renice, thank you. Renice. Uh, when she's, uh, I never can remember how to say her name. When, so she's she's immediately captured. When when yeah. all of this is going on, and they're they're trying to get her to to you know bend the knee and have the fealty and you know recognize Aegon as as the legitimate heir and and you know so what do they do? They throw her in a cell or not a cell like a, a nice apartment in the Red Keep. Um, yeah, they keep her locked up. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like you know she's she's a dragon rider yo she's she's her and hiccup and, and and the rest of the dragon riders you know they they go through and they save everybody constantly um she doesn't ride a night fury but you know her dragon is still pretty cool don't get me wrong uh anyway um i've been i've been wanting to say that for a while um dude that's hilarious but so oh, but, i love those movies by right me. they're amazing even the show the show is really good actually the game on the ds is awesome anyway <laughs> total sidebar um eric saves her and she makes her way to the dragon pits during like the hullabaloo of of um ascending um ascending Aegon. yeah Aegon. thank you ascending to to king i can his name um, yep, second of his name. Certainly not the Conqueror, even though he's given the Conqueror's crown. I guess he has been the Conqueror, but not in a good way. Um, the ladies at King's Landing are not okay with the way he conquers. Um, no. Fucking rapist. Anyway, uh, 
he uh, she she makes her way down to the dragon pit, and then we get a reenactment of Shrek, which was great. Like she's donkey, <laughs> she's got her pet dragon. Like she's smashing people with the feet and the tails, and 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 all of that. And and then there was the dinner scene in the episode before that was very Shrek like as well. So obviously Ryan um, Condal. The, the showrunner is a huge fan of Shrek. I'm here. I'm down. I'm, I'm here for it. I like it. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it, it's just like one of those things where um, you would have thought they would have kept a guard on her, not just locked in a room by herself. Yeah. I mean, they but. did have a guard, but Eric took uh, they would yeah. have they you would have had more than one guy like, I, I would have had, had someone in the four. room with her i would have had like yeah. i would have had archers at the window like i would have made sure that she was going nowhere where's she going nowhere um but she gets down to to uh malice and she hops on her dragon and she comes up through the floor she's killing people her dragon's whipping tails there's smoke everywhere um no flames no flames um, but she, she corners the Royal family. And if this was a, a good story, <laughs> she would have just wiped them all out and like claim the iron throne for herself. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we get her versus Renera. That would have been awesome. Uh, but she flies away and, and my, my, my least favorite thing about this episode. And I love this episode and I love that scene. Um, House of Dragon writer Sarah has Renice. Uh, oh, they have this wrong. They said Renera spared. Renice spares uh, spared Queen Alicent from Dragonflame because they're both mothers in this terrible world created by men. Daryl, did you know the world is terrible and created by men? You you mentioned Buffy before, mm-hmm. and one of the one of my favorite lines is Xander and season two or something says something dumb and he's like sometimes i just shouldn't say words right that's how i feel with hollywood and a lot of these people you know what you're fine doing do your thing this this show has been a a a surprise show for me i didn't think i was going to like it this much when you say stuff like that you make yourself look dumb Mm -hmm. or you make the characters look dumb yeah because if you're trying to tell me after killing hundreds of mothers by breaking coming up through the floor which she did mm-hmm. she killed hundreds of mothers yeah and she knowing that hey if i don't kill this woman here who is a mother thousands and thousands of other mothers and sons and fathers and children are going to die in a war yeah and that's why you don't do that that makes your character look weak and bad and just completely inept uh-huh. just don't say words don't try to give us explanations that make no sense. Let the characters speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, that was just dumb. When she said yeah. that, that was one of the dumbest things I'd heard about this. Sh- like right. what somebody's saying during the show. So here, that was here just stupid. this is taken from uh, the article with the Hollywood reporter presented with an opportunity to speak with the episode's writer and director, Sarah Hayes and Claire Kleiner, uh, respectively. The Hollywood reporters, James H- uh, Hibbard used the chance to inquire why as to why Renice did what she did or rather didn't do beginning with a bit of alternate history speculation Hibbert opened his conversation with the pair by asking has for her thoughts on what would Alicent have chosen to do to Renice if she hadn't escaped and refused to bend to knee to which she opined I feel like she just keeps on being a prisoner Allison is not going to chop her head off, reflected the writer. She's more passive. She tends to let men steamroll her in most cases. So I don't know what would have happened, but Allison was clearly okay with just keeping her there. I don't think she would have let her get murdered, but I don't think she necessarily would have set her free either. Um, and this is from, from Kleiner. I think Allison believes she's trying to keep the peace and stop war, but she's just working within the patriarchy at a Kleiner to Hess to affirm. Allison believes if we can just get the men to do the right thing. It's always about it again. Oh, this is why this is these people. 
just this is the problem with a lot. And again, I'll I'll go the Shang Chi. You would not have had the, the visceral and understandable reaction to Shang Chi if Simu Liu didn't open his mouth on multiple occasions about different stuff. I definitely you might would, not have gone to see it. Definitely would have watched Shang Chi if Simu Liu wasn't if, pro pedophile. Yeah, yeah, and the things that's come out with Black Panther with the the guy that's playing Namor in name only. This is not Namor. This this is how many times that we we've seen this yeah. this sto- song and dance over the last three to four years. So many times now where these it, it all try started to with Brie Larson. Own... It started with Brie Larson when she's like, "If you're a forty year old man, I don't want to talk to you. I don't care if you see my movie." It's like great. You know, I wish you would have said that before the movie came out because I would not have taken my then 12-year-old daughter to see it twice because she liked the cat. Yep. And Brie, when my 12-year-old daughter's favorite character was the cat and she's really into superheroes, you done fucked up. Let's be honest. That cat was fucking awesome. Well, I get it, but like, you know... Come on, like Captain Dude, I, Marvel's supposed to be a fucking badass. I do not want one of those because, yeah. oh my God, I can't imagine how bad my allergies would be when it grows even bigger. Anyway, no. Um, no, was... all right. <laughs> so out of uh, five blatant Shrek ripoffs, what do you give this episode? <laughs> I give this one a 3.75. Uh, it was good. And I really, uh, again, the what? penultimate episode nine. Yeah, I 3.75 out of five. Uh, what? But... I, I enjoyed it, and I really, I really want to see what they have in store for us. I didn't know the name of the 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 finale title until you said something. So I kind of see where it's. I, I think I see where it's going now and where it's going to end. Hold, but even with that, hold, I hold on. You said three point seven five. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. Absolutely. I went 4.15. There you go. Like, with the I, weird like, rating. Even with the Tweedledee and Tweedledum opening their stupid mouths, like, this was a really good, like, setup for the finale episode. Um, oh, yeah. And here's the thing is Game of Thrones season eight or episode eight was always the real penultimate episode because episode 10 was typically the. Uh, the epilogue, right? The, the This could have been a season finale, and we would have been happy to walk oh, it away. Abs- yeah, it absolutely could have been a season finale. Like, that, the, to, to me, like, if, if you can pull that off and then still want me to come back next week for more and not be like, oh, sweet, now I have a season to, like, think about this and relax and, like, you know, ponder. Um, no, I'm like, yeah, this is... Like I like that. Well, plus I like this better than the Lord of the Tides. See, I I didn't necessarily, and I definitely when you if it was just episode to episode, and we didn't have the fantastic performance of Viserys. Yeah, that's that's what put I get it. I get episode it. eight over the top for me. Like I, I you know I said that I would have probably given this that one a four, yeah. maybe even a three point seven five. But yeah. he was he affected me so much in his four scenes. Mm-hmm. That that's why I gave it the rating I did, and that's why I got because I'm going to remember that. Yes, I will absolutely remember the Shrek just wrecking shop, the Shrek and the dragon wrecking shop in this episode. Yeah. But as far as character scenes, there's for me, even though there are a couple good character scenes, don't get me wrong, there's none as powerful as what we saw in episode as what I saw in episode eight. Fair. Um, but we only have one more to go. I know. Um, I thought I thought of a title for this, since we're still recording. Dragons bursting through the floor, <laughs> and then the subtitle: Do how do the house of the dragon showrunners have a Shrek have a Shrek problem? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, I I get it, man, and I'm just teasing you, but um. I just thought, like, one, the C- this this was the first time the CG of the dragons looked really good. Um, 
Yes. Yes. That's a, another. Yeah. Um, I, yep. I think watching. So, like, I've been really thinking about, like, ever since they talked about, like, the at the, the time jump with the, the Light of the Seven coming in, you know, all, all praise be to Homelander. Um, that uh, the darkness and how everything is so dark and dour and everything and the, just the the way that that scene played out, like if it had been the throne room from the beginning of the season, there's no way anyone could have snuck down to the dragon pit. But because Allison had mm-hmm. remade it in the vision of, you know, the seven gods, the new gods, um, it, it allowed for it allowed for all the shadows that were necessary for. That for, is a very good point. For That's what not, will not something I would about initially be the downfall of her family tree, her side of the family tree. Yeah, that's actually that that's that's a nice little. That's just something I hadn't even thought about, and, and because like, we hear about that, and when you know when Damon and Renera come to visit, but it's nothing that really makes a difference. Right. I would say. But that is actually a very good point that that wouldn't have been able to happen if she didn't she didn't do what she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as the remodeling. Yeah. Huh. Learn something new every day. I just have an interesting way of looking at things, my friend. <laughs> All right. On that note, it's Saturday. It's 4 p.m. It's 76 degrees outside. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be Same back. Here. We'll be back next week for the uh the season, not series, the season finale of Dragon Stuff. And um yeah, I'm definitely gonna rewatch both these episodes again before tomorrow. Yeah. Oh yeah, I will too. So um or actually I'll probably rewatch both of these and then watch them uh watch House of the Dragon or Dragon Stuff as we so accurately call it on Monday. So on that note, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you so much. Uh, we'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.